Welcome back to Wrestling Retold and Relived with Richie Mars. I, of course, am your humble, gracious host, Richie Mars, and it's something a little bit different today. I've had these two on before. We talked about Batista's acting career, but now we're talking about an actual movie starring one of my personal favorites of all time, Edge, Adam Copeland, and we're going to jump on board the money plane. Please welcome... Our friends at Shoot the Flick, Scott Eisenberg and Frankie Sparks. Woo! Woo! I wish I was more excited. <laughs> it, it's funny because even though, even with you saying it, even with all the amazing actors who are in this movie, just saying the words money, money plane, plane. <laughs> doesn't ever sound good every time a character said money plane in this movie i just couldn't help but laugh it was really bad it was rough man okay before we get into the actual movie the money plane let's we will rewind a little bit uh how did you guys find out about the money plane so i found out about it because i watch um these movie reviewers online called red letter media and it was during the pandemic and they were ever so desperate for entertainment as so many of us were and they came upon this like stupid movie called money plane and everyone was kind of talking about it as like a so bad it's good option but it's that's questionable we'll talk about it um (laughs) but yeah i i listened to that review and um since then because i know scott's a big wrestling fan as of course richie is so whenever scott brings up wrestling i just try to throw in the money plane whenever i can yeah i i think i heard about it from some review maybe not red leather media but i I, again you hear about all these random movies starring wrestlers and you're like oh that one yeah uh sometimes you just like you watch the trailer. Like, we watched the trailer for this before we watched the movie. <laughs> and that trailer went on for fucking... The trailer felt long. <laughs> the movie felt longer. It, it's sad because the movie's only an hour and, like, 22 minutes long. Oh, my God. And it felt like three. <laughs> it really did, yeah. I, I agree. When I watch, I watched this movie last week, and I started at 10 o'clock on the dot because I'm like, all right, let's get this out of the way. When I was watching it, like after the movie, like, you know, when you come out of the theater and you get kind of like that day blindness and you're like, mm-hmm. man, how long have, have I been there? I thought it was like three o'clock. I thought it was like well past <laughs> afternoon. And I looked at my watch and it was like 1130. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my, my gosh. <laughs> you know, so it's like we're, we're, we're going to get into that movie really quick, but we're going to get back into like some of the production history of this movie it is directed by andrew lawrence now if that name sounds familiar he is the youngest of the lawrence brothers we love the is, lawrence brothers and this is his directorial debut oh boy and he also uh penned the screenplay at the request of the producers richard switzer switzers and D- tyler w connie so uh i have an interesting uh history with richard that you guys might not know about so he did an interview when this movie was coming out because there was actually uh some press for this so bad it's good movie Hmm. and he actually had 31 credits to its to his name including a film with dolph lundgren that went direct to dvd but he said cop (laughs) two no it's not kindergarten garden that would be funny uh but uh he actually went to the same wrestling show that i did he went to the royal rumble 2008 where edge faced off against Rey mysterio and he said that's when i knew he didn't say this but i'm just assuming and then (laughs) that's when he said said that's when the idea of money plane was concocted that's when i knew i had my star (laughs) And to, to go on a little bit by the production history, it's Andrew Lawrence's first movie, directorial debut, had help with his brothers, and mm. they wrote the part of Kelsey Grammer's part of uh, the the Rumbler, the Rumble, oh my that God. who he plays in the movie, and <laughs> they expected him to say no. 
But oh, Kelsey right. they Grammer did not think said he was yeah. going to do it. <laughs> yeah, and he said yes because it reminded him of uh, a mustache twirling villain from uh, the twenties or thirties. You know, tie somebody up in the railroad tracks, and that's what you get. Of course, Fraser would say that. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yes, Kelsey Grammer, best known for Cheers and Frasier. He had zero intimidating ness because he's like kelsey grammer <laughs> but like you in order to be a villain i would imagine there has to be you can be like a scrawny smart guy and still be intimidating you can but there's usually got to be like some sort of like angle behind it like there's there's got to be like a muscle or like no you're so scary that no. like none of that just the fact that like you're the way you speak to people like kelsey grammer doesn't have that like when no. I think of stuff like that, like I think of like Elijah Wood in Sin City, where you look at Elijah Wood, you're like, this guy isn't scary, but you see him in Sin City, and you're like, this motherfucker killed people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you guys ready to hear about the budget of the movie? Two dollars. Uh, no, definitely not two dollars. <laughs> are, are we uh, are we breaking a million with this one? Higher or lower than a million? I would say, yeah, I would say higher than a million. Okay, so the budget was. Eight hundred thirty-eight thousand one hundred and nine dollars. Oh, damn, I love one hundred and nine. I was gonna dollars. say like I was gonna say like maybe over like like one point two mil, oh, just because we're, we're Lawrence Brothers. Done. We're not done yet. This movie actually made box office. Oh, they released it in theaters. They released it in theaters during That's the scary. pandemic. Oh, so, pandemic. what do you guys want to guess what the box office is? Like five hundred dollars. <laughs> two. I'm, I'm gonna guess two thousand two hundred and sixty-two. All right. How okay. About, how about we meet in the middle a little bit? It is six hundred and eighteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Why would they do that? Again, this was released during the pandemic, and I've learned a lot through my research about the B movie market. So. Oh well. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure if you guys know about the B movie market, and I'm not oh, talking about sure. that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I know this production company. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, I know this production company is the same company that made uh, the Karen movie, and it's the same movie that made the Fanatic, which is like a pretty well known, in so bad it's good movie culture with John Travolta, and he plays like a guy with mental problems and. He's stalking Devin Sawa, and it's just, oh, God. So, yeah. And that movie also has a wrestling connection because it's directed by Fred Durst. <laughs> oh, no. You can't escape them. I don't want to talk about Limp Biscuit this early in the day. Oh, no. <laughs> God. Wait, you're not rolling, Richie? I'm not rolling today. I'm not. I'm going to do this my way. Let me tell you, I'm going to do this my Christ. way. If we could do this whole new metal thing all day, if we can, but no, I'm not going <laughs> to subject us towards that. All right, so we watched this movie. Are you guys ready to get into the nitty and the gritty? If I could steal your line, hey, <laughs> <laughs> we will. You will be hearing from our lawyers, but we are ready. Yes. Well, we definitely. have it on. We have it on record. So, <laughs> all right. Let's get ready to relive the flick. See what I did Scaled. <laughs> All right. We open up what I assume, and I was surprised that this, it goes for a drone shot, but it's a drone shot into what I think I thought was a mental institution, but is it actually an art museum? <laughs> I, I love... Not an institution. <laughs> I love the fact that they decide, we can't name the art museum. No, just call it Art Museum. <laughs> and make it look obnoxiously like a warehouse. The budget for this, I mean, all these, a lot of these B-movies, especially the ones with wrestlers, like I would, uh, the ones that I've seen, I haven't seen that many, probably less than you guys, but I know they all have bad budgets. But this one's like really rough. <laughs> <laughs> like this one like in the opening scene they have like these dividers up that like look like they're in an airport kind of like where they're like patting people down off to the side <laughs> that's what it looked like to me and then later on when they're actually in an airport they don't have those dividers they have just like curtains <laughs> in like a fucking back corner somewhere 
and that's supposed to be the airport. It's very confusing. <laughs> so we open up. We're in the art museum slash mental institution and where our main character, Jack Reese, played by Adam Copeland Edge, is planning his next heist with his team. And that is to grab this luxurious painting from the building. <laughs> oh, do, do you know the name of that painting, Richie? Oh, take it away. The Disturbed Duckling. <laughs> did did they behold- say that in the movie? Yes, they do. Yes. Oh my god, I was not paying attention. And then attention. the whole time we were like trying to figure out what it looked like, and then like the last scene in the movie, they show it for a second, and we just busted out laughing. It's so dumb. But anyway, um, so this is the first thing with with, with Edge. He's terrible. He feels very wooden. So wooden. He's like a cardboard cut out of a person. And it's sad because. When you watch him in wrestling, he's got charisma. Like he's he's got an attitude about him and it just feels like they're like he's not right for this. Now now let's get it let's uh pivot towards that. Now with other wrestlers in movies like Batista, John Cena, The Rock, they have some sort of screen presence about them. What do they have other than charisma that Edge doesn't? Because he's just as, if not more so physically imposing when it comes to just like him height wise like he's a very tall guy he's about six four so why isn't that really translating to this film well i think a edge has doesn't have the experience of the other guys um but i feel like early on in batista's career because let's compare him to the most recent like batista he had other people to lean on in his better movies until he got more confident in his acting ability. But like, it just, it feels like they aren't taking advantage of what he does. Well, honestly, I think he would be a better villain than he would be a good guy. That's possible. Yeah. I think what I, what I said while we were watching the movie was that he just, he looks very like he looks nervous almost. He looks like he doesn't feel comfortable. And I feel like what you said about Batista was right or like in the beginning he kind of you had to like feel him out and then once he did more movies he was more confident. And that's probably the same with The Rock too. I mean, I would assume. Well, early on in The Rock's career, he had like he had roles where he was with Michael Clark Duncan right and some other character actors like he did Sean William, the movie with Sean William Scott well let's like, not look to Sean William Scott but, for but these guys have experience that's what I'm trying to say okay. I'm not saying they're great actors but you know <laughs> they can lean on those guys and be like okay I can like I don't have to be the guy right um but yeah I think him being the leader of his little gang here uh you know and he just they didn't give him and i don't know if it's just the writing or just him i don't know but they didn't give really anything to work with like he didn't really have much of a personality oh right. what frust what frustrates them and the other thing that frustrates me about things like money plane and early on like movies like for batista like wrong side of town Ugh. <laughs> like those movies you have a guy who has demonstrated he can perform physically, you know, wrestler, WWE, and we do these quick cuts to make them look like they can't fight. And it drives me insane. Yeah, we'll get to that one fight scene in the movie, or one fight scene Edge has in the movie. But Mm -hmm. as we start out, we have Jack Reese. He is trying to pull off his heist with his team who are outside posing as, I believe, plumbers. If I'm sure. not mistaken. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah the, the truck does say plumbing. Yeah, so I, I assume they're plumbing, even though Edge doesn't have any equipment with him about plumbing in this scene. Oh, and, and also there's, a- there's nary an extra in this movie anywhere. They're supposed to be at some museum, and there's not one person other than Edge in this museum. Well, let's, let's even go into the museum. The museum is, we walk through the fucking... Like Closet. metal detector, <laughs> we go through a metal detector, and there's three doors. This isn't the museum. <laughs> this is like this is... here. Here's what got me, and 
this is again we, we we're not even like we're not even two minutes in this film. two minutes we're already, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, already, we're already pretty angry but Ed, edge jack reese has like his voiceover saying you need the right crew and then the guy behind the desk immediately doesn't do his job to help edge out because his pass to enter keeps failing keeps failing keeps failing yeah and he's, he's like oh he's what like, about hello. this <laughs> then we go and then edge has an earpiece of where to go and they're like oh go go left and he goes right so i'm like all right immediately jack reese doesn't know left from right <laughs> So I knew we were kind of in for it for this movie. It's Mm-mm. it's so like we go like the thing about like uh, heist movies because this is what this is. This is a heist movie. You have to be the crew has to be solid together. They have no chemistry together at None all. None of these people feel like they feel like they were thrown on set. They just met an hour ago. <laughs> And they're off to go. Like, uh, what you were reading that Joey Lawrence wants is like, oh, Ocean's Eleven. Ocean, this is like. Well, not Joey Lawrence, the producers. Oh, the, the producers pro- were like, uh, and you know, oh, we really like going to Vegas and being rich guys in Vegas. Oh, you know what else is cool? Ocean's Eleven. You know what else is cool? Con Air. And <laughs> all this crazy shit. And Andrew Lawrence is like, well, what if we take a casino and put it on a plane? <laughs> so I'm going to defend this a little bit. Not totally, but a little bit. So originally the plan was to make this very over the top. Like it was going to be a little yes, wink that's, and a nod. I think it would have been better if that was the case. Andrew Lawrence said they literally filmed a scene with Edge. Him literally winking to the camera saying, hey, we know this is pretty stupid. But the powers that be made them tone it down a little bit. So that's, that's what I think insane. got that's what I think got lost in translation. They really wanted to do an over the top cheesy 80s 90s flick, but it got toned right. down to the point where it was just kind of like you're running the mill trying to be way too serious movie. And that's what they tr- they tried to take it way too seriously, not like where we could as the audience can have like a little wink and a nod saying, "Hey, we're in the on the joke." But right. as the movie goes on, as we're going to see, it kind of goes in a multiple different directions that confuses me. Yes, as the me. idea, the, the the vibe. So as we continue, the painting is not there. Security comes. Edges. I'm just gonna call him Edge for the rest of the movie because that's, that's Jack fine. Reese, because Jack <laughs> Reese. Two I don't even remember yeah. his name, and you just said it two seconds ago. <laughs> his uh, female cohort helped him get out. They have a gun shoot the person driving the getaway van is andrew lawrence who happens to be the director and they get away because someone tipped them off about the painting so with this failed job edge meets with kelsey Grammer, and a fun behind the scenes trivia note about this scene is they shot this but someone was mowing their lawn next door and a dog kept barking so no when kelsey Grammer starts talking his mic is like exploding like you could hear the mic exploding when he's talking and i'm just like is kelsey Grammer's voice really that deep is it just exploding the mic but now it makes more sense because they were accounting for the lawn mowing and the dog across the street god forbid they just do adr afterwards because not like i mean or he's already cheap might as well just do adr or god forbid you go next door pay the guy 50 dollars to stop mowing his lawn just like hey can you wait an hour We'll mow your lawn for you. Can you just wait an hour? <laughs> and another sweet thing, uh, Adam Copeland, Edge, uh, before he accepted this movie, uh, he got cleared for wrestling. He retired for nine years from a neck injury. He got cleared. This movie came across his desk before he returned. His mother passed away the year before, and his mother's favorite actor was Kelsey Grammer. Aww. So there's a pretty there's a pretty cool connection here when these two are doing their scene together because that's nice. <laughs> Edge's first memory of watching TV was Cheers with Kelsey Grammer with his that's mom. That's so funny. So and now he's getting the chance to act with Kelsey Grammer. That being said, what do you guys think about the chemistry between Edge and Kelsey Grammer during? There this is movie? none. <laughs> there is none. It is non-existent. Like again. No it, one has chemistry with anyone. Let's the, just put that the out there. The thing about this movie is none of it feels... It feels like it was so thrown together haphazardly. 
Yeah, now that you said all that, Richie, about like them wanting to do a certain like kind of goofy tone and then them having to tone it down, it makes a lot more sense well, now. The, like, <laughs> the thing is, like Kelsey Grammer, I think gets that. Well, yeah, because he—that's he, what he—that's why he wanted to do it. Yeah, well, that's why he wanted to do it—the the mustache twirling, you know, villain. Like, especially at the end where he gets goes crazy. But like, there's so many things you sit there and you're like, why was this choice made? Like, but like, everybody's just like, it just doesn't feel like, right? Yeah, <laughs> they did this one bit. Where they had like one of Kelsey Grammer's henchmen come out with an easel and like hold it to the back of Edge's head, and they're like, "Oh, I'll make my own Jackson Pollock painting and blow your brains out." And I'm like, "Oh my god, that was so fucking corny and stupid." It's like I, you're I love not that, intimidating I anybody, Fraser. I, I, was... I love that corniness, but because I was like, "Oh, this this is what this movie is going to be. It's going to be really corny and over the top." But yeah, then, but then yeah. You're left waiting it's like okay when's the other shoe gonna drop and it yeah it's like once in a while they'll throw in like a corny weird thing and then it'll just go back to being boring for half an hour and you're like wait <laughs> yeah and, and another big thing is uh and this was intentional by the director and uh the screenwriter uh andrew lawrence the youngest lawrence brother i'm gonna keep mentioning that uh, i don't know why he, he's i think he's fine he's fine in this movie he plays edge's other uh cohort on the ground when the rest are in mm -hmm. the money plane and the intention was to give Kelsey Grammer all these over-the-top long monologues of exposition. And during this meeting with Edge, which is their only scene where they're together in a room, Kelsey Grammer is just going over the top. It's like, well, Jack, you uh, met some pretty bad people, and now you have to owe those bad people. And now we have to do the one thing that I want you to do, and that's to fly the money plane or whatever it was right you know and the thing is like if the exposition isn't as over the top as you wanted to be in the movie and since it's been more toned down now it's just i don't want to use the term boring but that's what it becomes it becomes it is boring it becomes so. tedious where it's like okay i have to pay attention to everything right now in order to understand this movie that's supposed to be like an inside joke on all these heist right. films but now it's just kind of like getting muddled through this seriousness mm -hmm. and i wrote at this point <laughs> in my notes this is really stupid i'm eight minutes in well we kept going like we were confused by the plot because the plot doesn't really the premise of the movie makes no sense <laughs> makes sense and there are times they say things like well the, one of the first ones was like Oh, they can bet on a man fucking an alligator. Oh that my god, I wrote that line, line down. Yes. That was like the best line in the movie. You want to bet on a man fucking an alligator? And Money plane. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and Excuse me. And look, Frankie turns to me and goes, what are they betting on? <laughs> I'm like, I looked at her straight in the face and go, who comes first? Ew. <laughs> so from what I Gross. gather from this, pot, uh, this uh, movie plot is... That the money plane is where you could gamble on illegal activities, such as right. what you just mentioned right there. And it <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, the movie Condemned, where it's like you have all these rich elitists bet on these prisoners or lower class people about when X person is going to get killed by Y. You know what I mean? So it's like... Because it's over international waters, like a gamble. It, it's a lot. Of, it's very convoluted. Where it was supposed to be that way, but it just didn't work in execution. So, yeah. After all of this happens, Edge debriefs his team about the money plane, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're insane!" And he's like, "Yeah, and we're <laughs> gonna do it." And it's also uh, stupid because like the Kelsey Grammer's like, oh, well, I bought your debt, so you you have to pay me back this money, uh, or you know I'm gonna kill you because you owe me this money. And then Edge is like, well, you know, it. I don't know if I can pull off the money plane thing. And then he's like, well, in case you didn't care about me killing you and you owing me money, I have your family too. And it's like, well, why did you buy his debt if you could have just threatened his family it's like it seems like you're going the extra mile for no reason and speaking <laughs> of his family let's cut to edge's family life 
with Ooh. Denise Richards is here. Yep. She's yep, she's here. She's Christmas Jones. Jones. <laughs> she she's indeed here for the movie. And I'm not sure if it was just me, but the kid they got to play Edge's daughter for this role mm-hmm. seems very inconsistently written as they're trying to write her like a four or five year old, but she seems like she's ten or yeah. eleven. You know, I think like, I don't think they really thought far enough to like give her like they were just like, oh, make her a little girl. What do little girls do? Because <laughs> they play, they have pillow fights with their dad and talk about candy, and that's that's it. <laughs> well, during the candy scene where they're talking, she like falls asleep like mid sentence. Yeah, and the scene, <laughs> and then Edge and Denise Richards just have a full out conversation, knowing full well their daughter's not actually asleep. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah. Also, like we kept going like. How much does Denise Richards and the daughter know about Edge's criminal activity? That's the thing. It's never brought up with them. It's never brought up yeah. that like, they know about it or anything. Which There's is, really no purpose to them at all. Where it's for, for fair play, but it's like if they don't know about it, or at least alluding to them, knowing that they're in danger, then what's kind of the point of them being in the film for that role? Right. You know, And there's also another scene where... It, it it was it was a nice ish scene with Edge reading Robin Hood. You know that's you know laying a lot, little bit on thick that this is kind of like a Robin Hood movie, stealing from the rich to give to the poor or something, which mm-hmm. apparently was the moral of the whole. Sure. Money plane that thing. and trust your gut. The amount of but, times a character will tell Edge to trust his gut is like it, I was getting annoyed. I was like, if we took a shot every time someone said trust your gut, we would be. <laughs> drunk and dying <laughs> and and then what had happened was the next scene like after that reading to his daughter her robin hood the next scene that we see her in is playing call of duty or a call of duty yes, like ripoff yeah so i'm confused of like what like it, this was probably the most interesting part of the movie to me i'm like <laughs> okay so it's like she she's like young enough where she has to be read the go to sleep but she's old enough to play murderous video Call games and we and, and right. we know like kids like will play those kind of games young but i'm just like i'm confused what the message of like in the, this is going on here i was but confused I, by the purpose of the family at all to be quite honest because it's not like she, you know she had it denise richards had no personality she really didn't have much oh, rapport with Edge at all. It's not like they... I don't think they, like, kissed or hugged at one point in the movie. I, I think they hugged They're supposed at, to be married. I think they hugged at the, <laughs> the very child. end. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't... I'm like, okay, why did we even need her? <laughs> you okay. could have... If you wanted him to have, like, a family or something, you could have had him have a daughter or something if you really wanted to. I don't even think there's a point in that. Take the wife and daughter out and spend more time you know giving edge a personality yeah you know. <laughs> well the other thing have him which, have something to do <laughs> speaking of which you know what we didn't have in this movie for a long time hmm. more exposition let's bring oh my edges, god <laughs> let's bring edge's friend he met in i assume the military i don't know they didn't really make it i would clear. assume yeah and his job is to kind of be edge's intel and to keep his family safe just in case things go south well scott was very upset by who the friend harry was played by yeah so harry's played by thomas jane (laughs) the punisher himself the punisher himself um i love thomas jane i've loved him every time i kind of see him in things because i think he's an underrated actor uh but it's just good in this i would have rather seen him as the lead (laughs) I think I don't know why he he kind of gets like a weird like kind of rap of like he can't act, but like he's fun. He's a fun guy. It's just him, Kelsey Grammer. They just feel like they're too big for this movie. Kind of. Uh, so, but to be more. fair, Batista did that movie with uh, Robert De Niro and oh, God, yeah, the guy that plays Negan, and those those them two are like bigger actors at that time and. They were probably too big for a wrestler movie, <laughs> wrestler movie movie caliber. Well, even that thing, I don't think that was. I wouldn't like. This is a wrestler movie. It was a B movie though. That and, movie, yeah, that was a B movie. But all right, and they were too big for that, and it was good. 
let's get get fast forward into this. We also had a dream sequence of a scene that we already saw with Kelsey Grammer. But just oh yeah, it was just a Kelsey flashback Grammer. of the scene from ten minutes before. Uh, yeah, so we got that I, I, again. Like all these like tropes that they're pulling and trying to make a parody of like a uh, heist film, they are there. Unfortunately, it's not working like how I guess either they intended or the studio wanted something a little bit more serious for their yeah. catalog. So let's fast forward. We're going to the money plane. And apparently yes, apparently we'll behind the scenes, makeshifting the rooms for the money plane were definitely a hassle because they had to move uh, they had to move shooting to like from Toronto to somewhere else. And it was a whole big thing. And you could see like the money plane. A lot of the sets are just like the interior and curtains. So Oh yeah, they're get when they're getting into the like into the money plane. Uh Edge and McGillicuddy. Oh my god, McGillicuddy. <laughs> it, it, Frankie joked about it before. It uh, literally looks just like a god. bunch of curtains. Yeah, it's <laughs> so bad. It's so so Mag- bad. McGillicuddy is the tech advisor. And yeah, they gave him a fake name, which it, it's clearly that they, because the guy is black, so they made a joke that they gave him the most Irish name possible, which there, I mean, I'm sure there are black Irish people in the world, but like, it just seems like we did that for a joke. It's like, why? I don't, I don't, it's not funny. <laughs> I'm so, not laughing. So Edge, McGillicuddy, and uh, I, I think her name is Isabella or Isabel or something. Just call her Diet Anna Kendrick. Yeah, she does look like a Diet Anna Kendrick. So they're on the plane while uh, <laughs> Andrew Lawrence is on the ground. Because uh, he's the director and he can't be in the plane and direct at the same time. It's too much going on. Yeah, so he has to be the man on the ground so they could do the wire transfer from the money plane to them to give to Kelsey Grammer. At least that is what I have the understanding. Yes. So the, yes is more exposition, but this time by Andrew, not Andrew Lawrence, but his brother, Joey Lawrence. Joey Lawrence. All and in his hair plugs and cheap suit. <laughs> he is the concierge. On no, this. no, Richie, the concierge. <laughs> he kept calling it concierge. I was getting to that, yes. So it's like, <laughs> and, and you could see you could see the guy who was with him who played, I guess, a bodyguard. He had one earring. I was questioning the whole movie. Why does he have one earring? And he keeps turning to Joey Lawrence about his pronunciation like, dude. of concierge. <laughs> uh, well, Joey Lawrence is the oldest brother, so you know that Andrew couldn't correct him. <laughs> He would have got, like, a purple nurple or something. So he is essentially the host of the money plane. He tells you, all right, we're going to wear these bands. That's what your net worth is going to be. And, like, that's what you bet. And and Edge, he is, uh, the alias that he's going by is a notorious uh, sex trafficker. Uh, and Fun. And they were they were asking in the beginning of the movie. It's like, well, what if they find out if it's not you? It's like, oh, Isabel took care of that. And there's a cut, quick cut of her like shooting the dude in the head in the car, you know. And there's just like, oh, okay. So that establishes her as kind of like this violent streak person on their team, right? So oh, yeah, because there's a part here because they kept hinting that Edge has a problem with gambling. Oh God, this is so stupid. That's like, right, and. He he sits down at the table initially to start gambling. But it's not his money. It's not his money. It's fucking Kelsey Grammer's money. Because he literally said before they went on the money plane, here, I'm going to front you some money so you can like get on the plane. So he's on the plane with somebody else's money. So whatever gambling he does in the movie, it's there's no stakes. Because it's not his fucking money. <laughs> so if whatever they establish that Edge has a gambling problem in the past or whatever... And he's like, oh, you know, I made one bad, bad call and I lost everything. So then they have him sit down and gamble on the money plane like it means something. And it's like, first is, of all, it's not your money. Second of all, you're about to steal all the fucking money anyway. So, like, what what stakes the, are there here? And the <laughs> thing is, it's like it, it, he loses everything. Like he sa- said, he lost everything. But I'm like, you still have your wife. You still have your kid now. Right. And this like, big house. You have a whole if, ass house. So, like, if, you didn't you, really lose if, everything. If there was a plot that was like. Like, after he met with Kelsey Grammer, he was trying to get back in good graces with his daughter and his 
wife Denise Richards. Right. That would be a little bit more sense, but no. <laughs> or if you had, I said last night when we watched the movie, if because they're on this money plane and they do all this crazy shit on this money plane, right? And they they we establish later on that they kill people on this money plane. And killing people does not matter at all. Joey Lawrence finds a cheater at one point and just shoots him in the head and like no and we go right along. Like we're just living a happy day. So my thing was, what if you just had like a game of Texas Hold'em like they do, but if you lose, you know, like your your guy, like your friend or whatever, like some you have to put somebody up as your collateral collateral instead of like chips or whatever and then you have the guy mcgillicuddy as his person and if he loses then the guy like gets his fucking finger chopped off or something that stakes it's so, something better than nothing <laughs> so speaking of texas hold'em that's the first event on the money plane and who boy this is where <laughs> i threw my remote watching this movie i'll bet you did Cool. So, we have our participants in Texas Holden, and then all of a sudden we hear, Boys, deal me in! Yeah! <laughs> Matthew Lawrence! And it's Matthew Lawrence of Boy Meets World fame. Yeah, bitch. With a cowboy hat and a uh-huh. mustache. Yeah, that's a mustache right. that moves with the wind. Mm-hmm. And he is a yeah, notorious, girl. notorious Texas Holden player. Of course, the cowboy is... A Texas Hold'em champion. We couldn't think of anybody else, but it makes sense because this was going to be a parody, except not. I know. That's why I'm like, oh, this would have been really funny. Now it's weird. So. Well, not only that, like, he's crazy. He's he's a lot of fun, actually, in this little bit. I can't lose. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God. He's a lot of fun. But then there's a part here where I also want to bring up. There's, like, this Russian arms dealer. To the left, who's like, I guess our secondary antagonist of the movie, kind of. Sure. And he goes, he immediately goes, oh, I know you, Edge's uh, persona. And Edge is like, you do? Oh, yeah, we talked online. I'm like, never comes back. It's such a throwaway line. Yeah, yeah. so what they did there was the scene you're talking about, Edge under his alias as the notorious sex trafficker is with this notorious uh, illegal arms dealer who plays kind of like a secondary antagonist on the plane trying to f- figure out who are these guy- guys really are. And it was just an excuse to kind of give more exposition. Like, he has a partner in crime. They're flirting with the... Uh, the female of Edge's team who's posing Ew. as an airport, uh, uh, and not an airport, Is uh, it a stewardess, or stewardess, flight yeah. attendant, a flight attendant, stewardess. And Edge is kind of like, it's like, that's not very nice. And he's like, why are you saying, like, why, why do you have a problem with that? You're, you're the notorious human trafficker. And then Edge is like, well, you got me there, you know? So it's <laughs> just kind of like, it's one of those things where it's like, it was just there just to exposition the secondary antagonist of being bitter because throughout the heist edge says he's feeling a little bit under the weather so he could go into the cockpit and fly the plane as stay there for half hour of the movie the main character just in a little box (laughs) and as the others try to like keep up the cover so mcgillicuddy is taking edge's place in all these events as the uh, flight attendant is also the lockpick of the group. She she uh, is like a, an assassin slash lockpith locksmith person. So I want to preface this. They had a whole entire uh, scene. It's like, okay, this is how we're gonna do it. This is how we're gonna take over the muddy plane. I'm gonna like knock out the pilot. Then you're gonna go here. Then you're gonna go here. So they had all this schematics. They had all the files. They had everything. Set. The only thing is, when Edge takes out the pilot, he turns around, there's a co-pilot. There's a co-pilot on the plane, and he says, fucking co-pilot. And I'm just like, why? Every plane. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, why is there no. Like, Like, I get it. You're trying to build up for, like, like this to be a funny, like, movie, but there's no, like, like wah wah there's no like wink to the camera or anything and this is like i feel like the original version of this would have been a so much more easier to swallow 
because it's kind of like putting half your foot into like a pool half out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, if you're going to go all the way with it, go all the way with it. But now we have this. But back to Texas Hold'em with Matthew Lawrence and McGillicuddy. And now oh his next game is Russian Roulette. Okay, this is funny, though. <laughs> this was actually, like, funny, though. <laughs> so they're playing this fucking Russian Roulette game, which... <laughs> Matthew Lawrence keeps trying to get McKillicuddy to go first. He's like, no, well, I'll go first. And I'll keep... go first. I can't lose. <laughs> they keep going back and forth with the gun. And finally, Matthew Lawrence goes, I can't lose, grabs the gun, puts it to his chin, and blows his brains out. Fun. <laughs> so they dispose of his body. But before we get to that, there's actually somebody else who was going to play the cowboy. And this I edition this of the cast could have been... Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> Do you know who it is, Scott? I, I think Frankie said Tom Arnold? That is correct. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> Tom oh Arnold was supposed to be the cowboy, but let me just say, I think Matthew Lawrence killed it as the cowboy. <laughs> but I'm bumped. <laughs> and I, I didn't even mean for that to happen. It literally seems like that whole segment was from another movie, and they just put it in this. I don't, like, it's so weird. So, after a fight scene with the co-pilot, which I read up, and it said shooting went for that for about eight hours, and the co-pilot actually started drawing blood and was exhausted, and Edge had to record for another four to six hours his parts. Jesus Christ. So... Blood was lost like on a the money can. plan. Like, it's a fucking little thing. And Edge is 6'4", and the co-pilot is 6'6", and this is an actual-sized cockpit. So it's like, there's very little room to move. Yeah, that was a very strange choice. So Edge disposes of the co-pilot. They put the pilot and co-pilot in the, uh, the brig, I guess what you call. I think they put him in the bathroom. Something like that. The layout of this plane during the whole movie is very confusing. Who fucking like knows? Because there's like a downstairs and there's a downstairs below that. Very confusing stuff for me watching it. But Edge is in the cockpit. McGillicuddy is holding up his end of the bargain by accidentally winning all these bets of all these different events. Like there was one where you're going to bet how long this person is going to survive in a pool full of piranhas. You, then they're betting on two people fighting in a bar. And McGillicuddy just keeps winning all these events. And the other guy, the arms dealer, is looking at him saying, he's got to be cheating somehow. And McGillicuddy's like, no, I just really don't know what he's what I'm doing. And he's trying to excuse himself. He's throwing up in the bathroom because they're showing him live feeds of all these disturbing videos. Which Meanwhile, just opens up a real can of worms as to, like, how is that part of the money plane like how does that whole part of the games work <laughs> like do they just kidnap random people and like throw them into a pool of piranhas like what like what's and, the what's the logic of this <laughs> and, and meanwhile we have uh the stewardess who's trying to get into the safe so she can initiate the transfer for mcgillicuddy to come in with this techno babble what's it's but, oh yeah, I didn't listen to any of the technical shit because none of it made sense. I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but there's somebody guarding her, so she's going to use her her sexy ways to seduce uh, this person. But out of nowhere, she just rips the dude's ears off, <laughs> which, which kills him, and uses, his, so funny. Th she uses his thumbprint to open up the safe. And well, I, I love... During that whole part, she's like, oh, this is a different door than we prepared for. I can't pick this. And she looks at the guy's hand and goes, and just puts his bump on. I'm like, oh, that fixed that. Oh, good. Didn't problem have to problem bring solved. That was that then, the part where the guy, where she's like, oh, you can't come down here. And the guy goes, well, rules were made to be fucked. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> is that that part? No, that was before. That's that the was super gross. <laughs> All the men on this plane are super gross and well, terrible well, and i'm not just talking about joey lawrence's hair plugs they're, well, they're all just awful they're bad people <laughs> that's they're why just they're terrible so, so meanwhile while that's going up in the sky andrew lawrence is on the ground trying to set up this whole technological thing and 
this is where I got angry again at this movie. And it's oh, no. always the inconsequential things that make me upset. So he's on the ground. He's setting up this techno stuff. He's talking to Edge in the cockpit. And Edge is like, can you just set it up already? He's like, okay, okay. So he's sweating. He's putting all these technology things to use. And then he peels a banana, but not a normal way to peel a banana. This is what he does. He takes a pocket knife and he starts slicing the peels of the banana. And I said, that is not how you peel a banana. What is wrong with you, Andrew Lawrence? You're a monster. Peel it like a person, please. Oh, no. There's so many. Oh, my God. I didn't even think we were going to bring up the banana. Oh, we're bringing it up because that really made me angry. Like, absurdly angry. I know it doesn't mean anything, but for me, I'm just like, what is the point of this? I understand if you're trying to, like, like do the -the over-the-top thing, but if the studio says, all right, you're going to tone it down a little bit, you can't leave the banana scene in there because that doesn't make any (laughs) sense. Why are we wasting film on the banana peeling being so awkward? And you know what this movie reminded me of? And I finally got it. I finally got what this movie is trying to accomplish do you remember those youtube videos of ross as a psychopath if you edit out the laugh track yeah yeah it's like that it's like that but they made it on purpose (laughs) oh my god it's so it's so bad so after all that they're trying to initiate the transfer of the money plane but before that, Edge is calling up Kelsey Grammer on his laptop. And Kelsey said, where's my feed? I want to feed to the money plane, which is just Edge in the cockpit. So. It doesn't make any Ed- sense. So Kelsey Grammer will call in every now and then. And he's like, oh, we want code names. How about you're a captain and I'm colonel or something like that. Since Edge was apparently a captain at one point. Yeah. It- it doesn't make any sense. And the other issues, like, again, Edge is your star of your movie. Don't stick your star of the movie in the cockpit for 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, just talking to nothing and being nothing. Like, he's just sitting there, and it's, I don't, I don't know. It's so, bad. Like, it's bad, guys. So, when this is occurring, the uh, Punisher calls edge and Ah. saying and this is the big twist of the movie because you know all (gasps) movies have to have twists nowadays calls edge Uh saying the painting was stolen by this company and this company is owned by drumroll please kelsey grammar (gasps) why would he steal a painting he already owns because he was i don't know because i don't know the answer to that (laughs) he was trying to get edge to rob the money plane but why he could have just said i'll kill your fucking family if you don't (laughs) he didn't have to go through all of this i have your wife and child and your dog i'll kill all of them it's a very complicated plan it's stupid is what it is so annoying almost as annoying as the banana (laughs) so besides oh we're gonna get to another one of my favorite scenes in a bit (laughs) but here we go so not only is the stewardess overkilling everybody, she's overkilling the the arms dealer's sidekick, who's a perv. Uh, yes. Smashed a bottle on his chest, so it's bleeding. Then cut to smashing another bottle onto his head. But magically, the blood that was on his chest has disappeared. Yes. So I don't know what happened there. But anyway, the technology... It's sugar glass. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, technology, it's not real glass, so it's fine. <laughs> technology to transfer the money plane is going haywire for a little bit, but Edge found out all of this about the painting and then goes to his, one of his favorite sayings that he started the movie with, your plan B has to be as good as your plan A. Where I'm like, all right, valid. So Edge makes a calls an audible saying, all right, Kelsey Grammer isn't going to get any of this money on the money plane, we're going to donate it all to charity. I'm like, all right, cool. But Kelsey Grammer finds out about the double cross, immediately sends his guys off to kill Edge's family and Andrew Lawrence. So we're going to go down to the ground to Andrew Lawrence first, because this is the one that really made me angry. So 
the day for night. <laughs> yeah. So Kelsey Where it's Grammer, obviously in the day and there's shadows everywhere, but it's they have a dark film over it to make you think it's night. <laughs> so Kelsey Grammer senses guys because he was planning to double cross edge anyway because all of them were in the air and throw them under the bus for the money plane scheme so he could get all the money. So Andrew Lawrence is then attacked. But then, ho ho, but then, the Punisher <laughs> comes to his rescue, but not in what you think. It's not, oh, he's going to have a couple of his army buddies to help him out. No, 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 no. That Mm-mm. would be a little bit too much sense. We have a drone with a gun. Of course we do. We have a drone with a gun. <laughs> Taking out eight people, at least. Sure. The best part about it is after the drone shoots one person, no one looks at the drone. They all just let themselves get shot by the drone. It's very weird. (laughs) To be fair, if I saw... It's a drone with a gun on it. Isn't that cool? (laughs) To be fair, if I saw a drone with a gun, I would be confused first, and then I would get shot. (laughs) So then the guys who are going to try to kill Edge's family then get killed by the Punisher. And it's like, well, that was all for naught. It's so stupid, too, because like early in the movie, they also set up that uh, the friend, the Punisher guy, he's like, oh, you know, I would sure love to fly again. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, so they're going to have him somehow they're going to have him get on the money plane at the last minute to help them or something. No. And then I'm like, oh, so is this the payoff to him wanting to fly again? He flew a fucking drone? That's not a payoff. This movie sets up things and then does the worst payoffs imaginable. <laughs> it's so speaking, bad. Speaking of worst payoffs imaginable. <laughs> here we go. So. Oh, boy. After the original plan of the money plane, after they cryptocurrency billions of dollars of bitcoin i wasn't paying attention it was it's it's I, cool. yeah i didn't it's it's digital money so right. they were going to do all that and but now they're donating it all to charity but what edge was doing was he was secretly recording kelsey grammar okay let's get into this real quick <laughs> oh no because your turn i i, I want to get into this because <laughs> this as a guy who knows tech drives me nuts so, also, so Edge had set up during their first meeting a recording device underneath the main table where Kelsey Grammer does his business, and you, the, like that would record Kelsey Grammer, and you sit there and you're like, okay. A, you didn't know Kelsey Grammer was behind everything when you would have had to set this up. And B, how was that thing being powered for days? <laughs> like, it's a oh it's, it's very far fetched. And it, again, it would be a lot better if they were able to lean into the over the topness of such movies. But unfortunately, <laughs> we have a watered down version of it. But anyway, we're in the cockpit, and Edge plays over the loudspeaker. Kelsey Grammer saying his full name uh, of the movie and saying, I'm the Darius Grouch the third, which by the way, he says his nickname is the rumble, but if your last name is Grouch, your nickname's the Grouch, bro. Like, sorry, <laughs> call yourself Oscar. Cause your nickname's the Grouch. <laughs> so he plays that over the plane PA system saying, he's like, I'm better than everybody on the money plane. I will steal from the money plane. So, and then we cut to Joey Lawrence in the uh, cockpit saying, my men have assured me that he will be, uh, Kelsey Grammer will be dead in in the next couple minutes. Who wants to wager a bet on that? And all your funds that were stolen will be replenished to you. So then we cut back to the ground and Kelsey Grammer is being paranoid because now people are going to kill him. And his main bodyguard is like, all right, man, I'm out. And Kelsey Grammer's like, "Oh yes, yes. Let me let, let me let me show let me show you the door." And then he shoots him in the back, and then does a Scarface like standoff, just shooting a Tommy gun. As our heroes, they jump through, they jump off the plane, they parachute. 
the the uh, the female gives the double fingers to the Kelsey Grammer character, which I'm like, yep, that's what this movie's about. Yep. <laughs> As we cut sure. to a couple months later, and a couple months later, they stole the painting. They stole the painting, and you know how I know they stole the painting because they replaced the painting with a sketch drawing of the sketch is putting it nicely. It, it was a doodle. It was a doodle. It was a little stick figure person. A little stick with figure his doodle. Yep, just sticking, flipping the bird <laughs> off. Because again, the painting was Kelsey Grammer's, and now finally everyone can retire. And now Edge is on the phone with the Punisher, and the Punisher is like, "Well, you got your painting. Now you can split it four ways between your crew." And Edge is like. Make it five ways. So now the Punisher gets a cut of the movie. And Aww. the movie ends with the family, Edge, Denise Richards, and the daughter all petting their dog. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about it the family. Yeah. It was all about family. It was all about <laughs> Fast, like and Fast and the Furious. Yeah. That's what this movie was all about. Yep. So, oh, Jesus Christ. Gosh. So that was Money Plane. That was money plane. It made no sense, and it was bad. Now, as an idea of a heist film taking place on a gambling plane, do you think this could have worked? And in what setting did you think could it work? Could it work as a serious film? Did you think it could work as a comedy film? What would you see this idea working, if at all? If we, oh, sorry, no, go ahead. If we did an over-the-top comedy, it could work, but. It also probably could have worked as a serious kind of thing. No. Well, no. I think. <laughs> Where? <laughs> now, hear me out. I think it could work as a serious thing, but you have to have, like. You have to have A, better writing and B. Like, they, there could have been something here. It just. It's not here. I don't know about that. If you had, like, Ocean's. Tw- like 11 and just put it on the plane this could work you gotta call it something else so you can't call it money plane money no. plane sounds like a cheesy 80s 90s fucking like it sounds like it would be con air and oceans 11 had a baby which is i think kind of what they wanted originally and that, that was got, the idea you know, watered down that was the idea, <laughs> that, was the idea so. that they said they wanted con air with uh uh, Ocean's Eleven kind of plots where which if you're doing it in that way where it's like it's kind of a uh not necessarily even a parody just like a like almost like a love letter to those kind of like cheesy 80s 90s heist you know like action adventure comedy type thing like you could that could be fun but you can't do it seriously like this and you can't do it with people that just started acting at like the community college two months ago. <laughs> oh, okay. And Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> for for wrestler movies, where would this rank for you? Low. This like, is, is it, not. Is it worse of all time? Is it worse than Wrong Side of Town? No, Wrong Side of Town is worse than this. Um, <laughs> I've never seen that, and I never will. You never will. <laughs> Um, oh, don't make me now. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that to me, me Richie. <laughs> um, wrong side of town. Someone needs to share my pain. The condemn, <laughs> the condemned two. I would probably put below this too. Um, yeah, there's a lot of bad wrestling movies. I'll say compared this compared to his the one I watched from 2016, the interrogation. I think this one was better. But it had more like silly things in it. The interrogation was just bad. It just like it had it was boring and bad like this one. But this one at least had a couple of like silly things that like made you wake up for a couple of minutes and be like, oh, right. I'm watching a movie. <laughs> the interrogation didn't have that. It had weirdly enough. It had a lot of similarities to this where it, in the beginning you have the edge narrating stuff. And then at the end it comes back. But it's there's a twist, there's a big twist that makes no sense <laughs> in the in that movie too, and um, yeah, that's pretty much and it's boring. That's where the similarities stop. Uh, but I wanted to watch another movie of his because I wanted to see if like he's still like if he's just as wooden. I would say he's less wooden in Money Plane probably than he was in Interrogation, but still 
wooden. Do you think with Edge, uh, from what you've seen of him, now him being cast in Disney Plus's Percy Jackson and the Olympians, do you think it depends on the director, depending on his performance? Oh, the director has a huge thing to do with it. I think... I think that happens with all these guys because, let's face it, doing a wrestling show is very different. It's like live theater versus movies. They're two very different animals. Um, I think having a seasoned director or seasoned actors acting alongside you can help you out, especially when you are on the greener side of things. Um... I also think, even when you look at back at Edge's wrestling days, when he was a good guy, it's never as fun as when he was a villain. I agree, yeah. He's a better heel than he is a, a babyface. All right, now, usually after movies you review on Shoot the Flick, you give them the star rating, like in wrestling matches, you give a star rating, and we're recording this during your bad movie month. That is true. And, oh boy, does this fit? (laughs) So, what would you rank this movie, and is it the worst bad movie you've seen during your bad movie month? I think it is. I gave it a half a star (laughs) out of five. Now, I want to go watch Spice World again. (laughs) Oh, no. After this. I gave it a half a star as well, but... But... You don't ever want to watch Spice World again. No, I get it, Scott. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I would definitely watch Spice World over this ever again. Um, what about High School Musical? I would watch High School Musical over this too. <gasps> Scandal. But I think, I think Avatar: The Last Airbender movie, not the show, movie, was worse than this because, as much as Money Plane is bad, and it is, it is bad. It doesn't physically make me angry <laughs> okay that's a that's a good thing that's I a guess. valid point so I, yeah <laughs> i liked the initial idea they were going for with the cheesy heist 80s movies of the past and kind of poking yeah. fun of it but they never fully dipped their toes into it and weirdly enough, that's probably exactly what people needed during the pandemic. Just, like, something to make them laugh. But, yeah. yeah. No. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's not, like, a so bad it's good kind of movie. No. Despite us being very angry at some parts. But it's, like, literally the parts that made me obscenely angry are just, like, If you're like really passionate about bananas. You're, you're not <laughs> you going to like this, this. movie. Yeah, it was just so. You got ridiculous. blood on the terracotta, uh, <laughs> not the know. terracotta. You know, it's just, it was just. Uh, again, am I happy I saw it? I don't know if I'll go that far, but now I, my, I cur- my, my curiosity has peaked. You know, uh, I don't think if I'll see this movie again anytime soon. I don't think. Edge is gonna have a long-standing acting career, like you know, like a Dave Bautista or a I think Edge Dwayne works, Johnson. I think Edge works best probably on television shows, because this seemed like a plot out of a TV show more than a movie. And I it was think shot like a TV show. Yeah, like it was very, it was very kind of condensed into like a very long TV special rather than a blockbuster movie so i think edge depending how he does with uh percy jackson and the olympians i think he's gonna be fine regardless we'll see he he needs the right role yeah well he plays aries and from what i saw in the set photos i'm like oh it's just edge holding a sword that's cool <laughs> so i too give it a quarter or half a star uh out of five and uh yeah if uh, you watch this movie, great, but uh, we're warning you. You're you're going to have a questionable amount of time being passed. It's a hour and 20-minute movie that feels like at least three or four hours. If you want to know how not to write a movie or direct a movie, you could watch this and learn what not to do. 
just watch this. The room. Uh, well, you can I, watch. I'm not, I'm, not put, I'm, I'm not putting the room and Super Commando on the same level of, as this movie because the room was like spectacularly bad. Yeah, the like, room's like, like it's it so was, bad. It's it, good. Like it was like so bad. It's good. This I I'm, I don't even think I could give it that. Like no. there are a couple of tropes where I'm just like, oh, all right, they're obviously referencing like over explanation of dialogue. They're doing like over the top like kill scenes with a man getting thrown in piranhas. But it, if I wanted like all of that, I felt like I was watching a giant thing of just like shock humor compilations you could find on YouTube. You know, and I feel like that would be a shorter amount of time than sitting down here and watching dialogue, 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 so- something shocking, dialogue, 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 Matthew Lawrence and a mustache, dialogue, dialogue, dialogue <laughs> like, like all of that. So I would say if only if you're extremely very curious, watch it. But it's with a very, very bold italicized asterisk. Mm. Or you can watch one of the 10 billion reviews of this movie where people are like, this isn't good. Yeah, they're probably especially Especially this one. Yeah, listen to this one. (laughs) Give me clicks. (laughs) (laughs) And then come over to our show and give us clicks, too. That's right. That's right. You guys are, of course, have your own podcast. Shoot the flick. Tell the viewers where we could spot you and find you. Well, if you were um, intrigued by the dulcet tones of myself and Scotty Eisenberg, please find your way over to anywhere where pods are casted. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all those type things. And look up Shoot the Flick. We post new episodes pretty much every week where we introduce each other to new cinematic masterpieces, just like this one. (laughs) But some of our movies are actually good. Not all of them, but some. <laughs> We've done everything from Spice World to Predator. All right. That is definitely a very variety scale. I prefer Spice there. World. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> if someone gave me a choice, you'll watch Predator or Spice World. I'll watch Spice World. All right. I promise when I bring you on, you guys on next time, it will be a much better wrestler being featured in a movie. Yay. <laughs> All right. But until then, my name is Richie Mars. You can follow this show on Instagram, the Twitter, and the TikTok at Retold Richie Mars. TTFN, Tata for now. <laughs> We've only been going for a little over an hour, and I'm exhausted talking about this movie. Same. Money plane. Money plane. <laughs> TTFN, take care, guys.